me, better than the last me. Uh-huh. All I can fit was spreading the truth and compassion. Oh, yeah. And whenever they ask him, I be, I be, I be praising. I be, I be, I be. You just heard Praisin from the album The Intro by Denise LaShawn. Go check out Denise LaShawn's music on Spotify or any other music site. Hi, my name is Margaret, and you have ventured your way into the beautiful Collision podcast. I believe when the good and amazing, great parts of your life collide with the bad, messy, and hard parts of your life, they make you into the beautiful and amazing person that you are. On this podcast, you're going to hear stories of people from all walks of life. And my hope is that you resonate with some and embrace your own story. Hey friends, um, I'm so glad you're back. And today's guest is Kayla Jackson. This is a, this is an amazing woman and you really are going to enjoy her. She talks with such passion and fervor and it makes you super passionate. We talk about motherhood. We talk about her blog that is specifically for moms, but anyone can read it and be inspired. We also talk about interracial marriage, um, the struggles, but also joys of that. And then we, at the end, have a surprise for you because actually we are creating something that will be coming out this fall and we give you a sneak peek into that whole planning process. I really hope you enjoy my conversation with Kayla. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Beautiful Collision Podcast. Um, again, I'm so excited to be here. And today's is a, I have a very special guest. Her name is Kayla Jackson. Um, Kayla and I met, I think, officially. Well, we go to the same church now, but I think we met through Sarah, maybe? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, our other friend, Sarah. So, I think we met officially through her at something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We just connected. We met. came to hang out at your house. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and we were uh, making... Um, a playlist. Yeah. We're making song playlists. Okay, yes. So, yes, she came to my house with our another friend of ours, Sarah. And that's how we officially met, and I knew I loved her. So, um, Kayla, why don't you say hello? Hi. <laughs> and why don't you kind of introduce yourself, tell us where you're from, who you are, and, maybe, and a fun fact about you. Okay. Um, well, I am 25 years old. I'm from uh, Richmond, Texas. Okay. Um, Which is outside of Houston for those of y'all not in Texas. Yes. <laughs> the south side yep. and the southwest side. Uh-huh. Um, I have two awesome parents Yay. who raised me in Houston. Yep. I have two siblings, two older siblings. Um, one 10 years older than me and the other, my brother, is seven years older than me. So I'm the youngest, youngest. The baby! Yes. So that's always been fun and um, now I'm married. Have an awesome husband, Christopher Jackson, and shout out Christopher. I hope you shout listen out to this, Christopher. And I have an almost two year old. He'll be two in October. Elijah. He's my little one. So. Oh, so cute. And <laughs> uh, a fun fact about myself: when I was fifteen, 
Um, I got to perform off Broadway mm-hmm. in a production in New York. Okay. At uh, the Strawberry One Act Festival. Okay. So that was really fun. So how did you get to even go there or do that? Okay. So when I was okay, when I was really really young, uh-huh. I was super shy. Like really, there was no, like I wouldn't come out of my shell for anything. I remember Miss um, Leah Jones, who was my director, mm-hmm. um, she would always just ask me to do these, you know, basic things. Like yeah. for one church uh, play, I was four-ish, I think. And she asked me, all you have to do is lay under this sheet and pretend to be a dead person. Now that <laughs> sounds dark. You just have to get the context. Yeah. But like, I didn't even want to do that because right. I knew there were going to be people in the audience and so I was just I was just terrified so anyways after years and years of her prodding and bringing Mm -hmm. me out of my shell um they asked me to be in a production okay when I was around I guess 14 ish Mm -hmm. and I mean it it did really well like we we performed here in Houston and um then we entered the piece in uh it was a one-act play we entered that into a festival that was uh, held in New York, and I got to go um, so cool. by myself, no parents or anything, just the rest of the cast, and it was super fun, and um, yeah, I, I absolutely loved it. And I was actually the youngest person of everybody in the whole festival. Wow. So it was really, really cool. So that was experience. all theater. No, Was it yeah. music, too? All theater. Uh, I don't remember if we sang in... The play or not, maybe there was some singing, but if it was, I was probably terrified to do that too. So, yeah, but it was fun. That's unfortunate, y'all, because <laughs> the singing part. Because this girl can sing for real. Oh like, I, I know she's not gonna say this, <laughs> but like the first time I heard Kayla sing, I was, I was floored, oh honestly. So crazy. I really hope all of y'all get a, get a chance one day to hear this girl sing. She can sing for real, not just sing, but sing like. <laughs> For real, for real. Oh. I'm waiting for her, for her album. And now she's won't even look at me. Oh. <laughs> so, I mean, if you ever just want to give us a little, <laughs> what's it called, debut, oh. you're more than welcome to. I'm pretty sure my face is red now. You should just give us a one-liner. There's no, what? There's... Like a one, a one song. Uh, when people ask you to sing, that's when you forget all the songs that you've ever learned in all of existence. <laughs> we have, you say, I heard you sing Tasha Cobb's Gracefully Broken. That's oh, that's one. not just the one you break out. You gotta warm up for that. Or you can do a Tasha is like, see, I can't sing, people. How about you give me a couple years and we'll work on, we'll work on EP and we'll have that so fine that'll be the one-liners all the time okay well (laughs) maybe we'll keep visitor to sing a line for us by the end of this episode but we'll we'll see well okay so you talked you're married you're a mama yeah yeah um so first of all why don't you tell us how you met your husband oh where did y'all meet well, we both went to Texas State. Okay. Um, that's where we met. I was actually, um, we actually met in the dorm that we stayed in. Okay. He was a sophomore, and him and his friend were going door to door, inviting people to uh, this 
church thing. I didn't okay. know it was a church thing. Okay. Um, because the flyer said campus bash, which sounded which sounded like a party. Yeah. And the person that I was at the time was more intrigued <laughs> in going to the party than the church event. But um, so in in a little lot. Long story short, yeah. we ended up, I ended up going that night. That's where I got saved, <laughs> like for real. Okay. And um, after that, we just kind of like clicked. Mm-hmm. I mean, we got, we could just hang out for hours and not feel any, you know, romantic pressure. I genuinely felt like he was just my best friend. Yeah. Um, and I never felt like that about yeah. a guy before um, without some romantic feeling initially but we were friends for a couple of years mm-hmm. before you know we were like hmm, you really love jesus mm, and you are mighty attractive <laughs> okay it was just like one day you know the lights came on almost and um so it was really cool and i mean he did a really great job in just protecting our friendship when he not many people know this but before we dated uh, he told me he liked me mm-hmm. in like March and then he was like but I don't think we should date yet because I don't think we're ready yet mm-hmm. and I really want to protect our friendship and I was not trying to hear that I was trying to get married <laughs> I was trying you know like I was re- well I thought I was ready I yeah. was not but it was really really smart and we didn't date for a good six months and then finally at the end of it all we are now married with the son. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I mean, he was right, but it wasn't fun. Yeah. So, and how long have you been married now? We've been married for almost three and a half years. Three and a half years. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then your son is? Two. Two. Okay. Yeah. So, two-year-old. So, you always hear that phrase. What is it called? The terrible, terrible tears, tears or something. Um, how is... And so, y'all had your first kid probably... I, oh my gosh, I can't do we that. We were almost a year into marriage. In a year into mm-hmm. marriage. So um, why don't you talk about just kind of what um, that transition um, into motherhood is. And so, and we're going to talk about this later um, for y'all that are listening. But she has, she actually has a blog called the Naked Moms Blog. And we're going to, I'm going to ask her about that and we're going to um, talk about that. But um, I want to hear kind of your motherhood, motherhood journey before yeah. we kind of get there. Yeah. Yeah. So... I mean, even when I was really young, I always wanted to be a mom. Mm -hmm. I always knew that it was something that I had a desire for, Um, even if I didn't know, like, what exactly that meant, because I definitely didn't. Yeah. Um, But when we were praying about, like, oh, when should we, you know, expand our family? Because, you know, we were already a family, but we wanted to have babies and we didn't know when that should happen and so we were like okay maybe you know after our one year we'll start you know thinking about this and a couple days later I find out I'm pregnant (laughs) so fun you know and so that was kind of like I don't know I always thought that I was gonna be like like ready and expecting and I was gonna know all these things and you know when he actually got, when Elijah actually got here and they brought him in the room with us and he, you know, spent the night in our, you know, when we were in the hospital for that first night, I just stared at him all night long. Cause I'm like, I'm responsible for this. Yeah. Like this is mine mm-hmm. and I have to take him home when I go home, you yeah. know? And so it was like this crazy mix of being terrified, but also being the most 
um, almost relieved that I had, you know, that I'd finally gotten to see and meet my son and um, just a lot of excitement for what was coming. And uh, Chris has been absolutely amazing. Like he, he always, you know, is reminding me that like, my the things that I do or the or I guess the expectations that I had put on myself even before motherhood yeah. like a lot of those are unrealistic when yeah. you actually get into it yeah you know? so I was actually going to kind of ask you to and you already started talking about a lot of it so what are some of the expectations because I'm really big on we fantasize as yeah. people so many different things so whether oh, that's absolutely. marriage before we're in it whether that's marriage whether mm-hmm. that's um, dreams or how people got somewhere, whether that's motherhood. Yeah. So what were some things, and they can be small or big things, that you um, kind of said, okay, this is what it's going to be like, or I'm going to do this this way, these yeah. expectations you had on yourself, yeah. and then versus the reality of what actually happened maybe in that situation. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, I guess it's, it's less of like the actual things mm-hmm. and more of like just like the attitude behind what you do because mm-hmm. um so for example after I had Elijah um we you know once we were back home and everything I had these terrible uh gallbladder flare-ups yeah so you know something they don't tell you when you're pregnant is that you can get gallstones didn't know that yeah <laughs> um, so I did I had gallstones and so what that what I remember vividly is there was this day where I couldn't even like go to pick him up because I was doubled over in so much pain. Mm. And so my expectation was to always be, you know, the person who had it together and was able to, you know, pour everything out and give to everybody to get get to everyone. Um, I remember that day, like friends having to come over, Chris having to come home from work and, you know, meet us at the hospital because I had to go like it was just craziness. Yeah. Um, And I was the one basically who who everyone had to help. Yeah. And so that alone is kind of like motherhood in general right you need help like you need support and most of the time moms don't get a lot of support because you know when when you lose something who do you call your mom you know yeah when something needs to be cooked who do you usually call your mom you know so it's like she's always the one pouring out but you never realize like oh like we need a source too Mm -hmm. you know and that's why I'm so happy that I can like I can cling to God in those moments because he has Mm -hmm. everything like all of the grace that I need basically when I feel like I'm failing at everything yeah so what would you say so you kind of touched on a a little bit but what can you elaborate on um kind of because you were talking about you had to have friends and family Mm -hmm. Um, kind of help you in those moments how would you say the importance of community as a mom mm-hmm. has been for you and maybe even and I don't know if this has been for you but community with other moms but even community with people that aren't moms yeah yeah I mean it, it's <laughs> they're all important yeah because I mean off the top of my head I can think of you know of course my mom yeah you know who's my mom oh yeah she's Elijah's grandmother yeah. so of she just has a priceless all these priceless attributes about her um, that I just need yeah. <laughs> as her child, yeah. you know, and as a fellow mother. Yeah. Um, and then my friend, my dear friend Tiffany, I remember going over to her house one time when Elijah was three months old and just sitting him down in his little carrier and just crying. Just, I just 
cried. Yeah. And she was like, yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. about appropriate. You know, yeah. that's about right. And I was just, it's just, you feel so overwhelmed sometimes. So it's nice to have people who have been there yeah. who can be like, this is not forever. Right. And then you have, you know, the, the friends who are not moms. Yeah. Like Sarah. Yeah. My best friend, everybody needs a person like that because there have been days, like even now she'll, you know, she'll call me up and be like, I miss Elijah. I want to see him. I'm going to come pick him up. So have him ready at this time. And like, she probably doesn't even think of it as like, you know, a big deal for her, but that's a huge burden just to know that you have other people who genuinely love and are invested in seeing your, your son. Cause he's a little boy right now, but one day he's going to be a man Yeah, and they're interested in, in helping hold me up to be able to basically nurture him into being this man. Yeah. And so that's like, that's a huge, you know, that's a huge deal. Yeah. And I love that. Cause I, I, that saying, you know, it takes a village yeah. and I know even for me, I mean, I'm not a mom and I'm not, and I'm single and I'm not married, but <laughs> just even for me, like thinking about my childhood, I can really say that my mom, like I grew up with a lot of people in my life yeah. um, and my mom had a lot of people in my life. And so I, I really do feel like I'm pieces from pieces of other people. And right. I think, um, you know, sometimes either moms might feel, you know, they're burdening, mm-hmm. um, you know, someone that's not a mom or right. someone that's, you know, not married by yeah. asking them, you know, to, I don't know, take care of the kid yeah. or if I can bring my kid to this or that. And I'm saying from a single person's perspective, if I mean, especially if they're your true friend, you're not, you never are. And so just this kind of reality of being honest and open. Mm-hmm. And I think something you do well too, which I love, which I think sometimes is a lot hard for other moms. Maybe you can talk about a little bit is you, you're like, if I want to do something like you bring Elijah, like, yeah. you know? And so sometimes we'll have, um, like quote unquote house part. I mean, not, yeah. you know, not like yeah. college house parties, yeah. but, but you know, just like grown house, house parties, grown, adult, <laughs> adult, house adult house parties, but you'll bring him. And even yeah. if he's the only kid there, like you still have a lot of friends who just love on him and let yeah. him run around and also watching him as he right. runs around, right. uh-huh. you know? And so you haven't completely secluded yourself uh-huh. from all, which is hard. Yeah. Which is really hard to do. It's, I mean, when he was younger, it was definitely easier yeah. to just seclude. Yeah. You know, because then he was a baby baby. Yeah. And I mean, he was cute and people wanted to hold him and all those things. But sometimes you do. And, and even just the culture that we're in, mm-hmm. people who are our age... I mean, I, I just feel like I don't find a lot of people that are also my age who are also married and who also have a child and, mm-hmm. you know, who we can just kick it with. Yeah. Like, you know, and, and that's okay. But it almost seems like sometimes there's like a, a, a stigma about kids in general. Like, they're like this. They're bad. They're loud. They mess up everything. And so you kind of you kind of take that with you. As a mom. You, as a mom, okay, right. Yeah. When, you, when you take your kids somewhere. So... You know, that that mom who's, like, ignoring her child screaming in Walmart, she's not ignoring him. She's she's mortified that her child is screaming in a public place mm-hmm. because nobody loves your child like you love your child. Uh, yeah. And you don't want, you know, the, the perception of them to be sullied in any way. Yeah. And so it's, like, all of these things that go around in your head. And so even now when I am able to bring him to things, it's such a relief to see other people 
interact with him like he's not a burden. Yeah. You know? Because yeah. you don't think of your child as a burden. Yeah. You love him. Yeah. But other people, <laughs> don't. they don't always think like that, you know? So yeah. it, it is. It's important to have a community around you who will treat your child like they absolutely love him. Mm-hmm. You know? That's, that's definitely important. I love that because I think on the other end, too, for me, you know, it's, it's funny how it's good to hear how... Um, Moms might be thinking, mm-hmm. because on the other end too, I think sometimes, um, as someone that doesn't have a kid mm-hmm. or like is not married, we on our end and our brain are thinking they're not going to have time, mm-hmm. so like I don't want to reach out to them. Yeah, but it's almost like we're both thinking different things about yeah, each other, yeah. and if we would just kind of be honest with each other mm-hmm. and open with each other, the fact. You know, me as a, as a single person without a child, mm-hmm. I would love for you to come and bring your child, yeah. you know, and vice versa, vice versa, I cannot say yeah. vice versa, yeah, the, you know, a mother would love to yeah. bring her as well. And I mean, and that's one of the things that like, I'm bringing up again, Tiff, you know, my, uh, my amazing friend Tiff, she would always... Uh, when we were in college, me and Sarah and all of them were in college, she would open up her home and be like, come over to my house. Mm-hmm. I can't always go and I can't always do these things, but I can invite you into my world. That's something that I have control over, you know? Mm-hmm. So if my kids are in the bag, cool. You know, let's fire up the coffee pot. Let's put in a movie. Let's pop popcorn. You know, let's get, you know, let's get to know each other um, without feeling like, you know, we, we can't meet each other halfway because yeah. we, there's always room for, you know, for that level of, um, just compromise. I, I loved it. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, speaking of that too, I want to shift to a little bit. So you have a blog yes, called the naked moms blog y'all and it's awesome. And everyone should read it whether you're a mother or not, but yes. mothers, you should definitely read it. Yes. <laughs> um, so what made you start that blog? What was the idea behind it? And what is kind of the content of how that blog works and yeah. works? So I've been um, I've been writing for a long time, but uh, I just recently well I call it recently since 2012 I think mm-hmm. I've been blogging, mm-hmm. um, getting more and more consistent, mm-hmm. you know. And so Nick uh, Nick and Mom's blog came out of um, uh, I guess you could just say like what I felt like I kept writing about, like mm-hmm. where my heart kept being drawn. Mm-hmm. Um, and l- I'm glad that you brought up that it's not just for moms, but yeah. uh, I thought like the name was important to have the word mom in it because yeah. there's a, there's a, there's a piece of me, I guess I feel like um, women in general mm-hmm. have a mothering thing about them whether they have kids or not whether they want kids or not yeah they have this ability to nurture mm, that's good and they have this ability to care for other people that's good in a self-sacrificing way yeah all, I, I believe all women have that yep. and I think that's a god-given thing yeah and so that's why it's important for it was important uh to have the word moms mm. in the title um so, and then, of course, I guess it's just easier to break down yeah. why, you know. So, obviously, naked is an eye-catching word. Yeah. Um, that's why you have to type in the whole thing, <laughs> dot com, so nothing crazy pops <laughs> up. But, uh, but, of course, nakedness uh, comes from vulnerability. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the biggest things that I feel like we always come back to on Naked, on, uh, naked Mom's blog. We talk about the hard topics. 
um, things that people don't want to talk about or things that are like uh, kind of like specialty topics on other blogs. But that's pretty much all we talk about. Yeah. Um, But hopefully it's not like a downer to people, but an encouragement. Exactly. I want people to be encouraged. And the, uh, I feel like the way um, you get encouraged by something is seeing someone else who's gone through it, yes. who knows like yes. the ins and outs. And so I knew going into it, I haven't been through every experience. You know, I don't have a 16-year-old son. I don't have a, a kid who's gone off to college or a kid who's gotten married or, you know, like experienced all these motherhood heartbreaks or even just had every woman's experience. And so I invite women in. So you have guest writers. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. All the time. We have other women coming in, sharing their stories. Um, and uh, like, let me give you an example. So this month we're doing a series called My Body Does What? <laughs> so it pretty much breaks down like we talk about, I mean, we're talking about um, uh, struggles with conception. We're talking about singleness and sexuality. We're talking about uh, miscarriage. Um, like all these uh, postpartum depression, your postpartum body, like body image, just all of these things that touch uh, a, a good majority of women. And so that's, you know, having other women come in and be able to share their stories in such an open and vulnerable way invites other women to do the same mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. And so that's why it's just, it's just so amazing to me to watch the electricity of these women, like sending these posts in and telling me these are hard things to write about. I'm like, I know that's what we're talking about. Yeah. You know, we always get comments. The one of the most popular things that we hear is, man, I wish we talked about this more. I wish yeah. we, like whatever subject it is, I wish we talked about yeah. this more, especially with our grief series that we did a few months back. That was a really heavy yeah. and important one. So why do you think it's hard for women to be as vulnerable um, as they should be or can be? Because um, a lot of these topics on your blog are pretty, I mean, these are real stories, yeah. deep stories. Mm-hmm. Um, again, y'all, if you're listening, you should go check it out. They talk about a lot of the different um Posts, they talk about a lot of different hard things. And mm-hmm. even with this podcast, my goal is to have guests that will really share yeah. the good things in life, but also the really hard things so they're yeah. encouraged. So mm-hmm. just in general, like why why do you think that's important? Man, I I oh <laughs> I have so many feelings about this. Let me pull back. <laughs> um I feel like it's kind of a double-edged sword when you think about it. Mm-hmm. Because women are viewed in an in the negative sense. Uh, is oh you're so emotional you're too you do this too much you're crying up or if you're stoic and you don't cry then you know you're you're, you're too hard. Uh, ice queen or you know whatever else and so there's there's that aspect of it and then there's this aspect of we nurture right. we care for other people and and so it's it's hard to uh, fill up or even go into those places that are are still broken right that still need healing when you feel like you don't have the time to do that like right. i don't have time to sit down and have a good cry yeah i have three kids yeah. you know and so a, a lot of women will find themselves and even if they're not moms like yeah. sometimes they have a career or they have other things or they're just so broken that they don't want to deal with it at all yeah and so I mean, even for me, even in my life, growing up with with two parents and, you know, they were able to uh, pay for, you know, part of my college and like all of these awesome things that other people wish they had. There's still aspects 
of my privileged life that I that I had a hard time, you know, just coming to terms with and right. letting God like lay it out on the table and say, look, this is exactly what needs to be healed in you. Mm-hmm. Um, so I definitely feel like because women have that power, that emotional power, yeah. um, that that's one of the things that is the hardest for us to tap into mm-hmm. because there's such opposition. Like, like there's, there's a, there is uh, I'm just going to say it. There's an adversary who does not want us to be free from that. Yeah. You know, there, you know, there's very real, um, uh, opposition, I guess, I mean, is the word that yeah. is trying to keep us between keep your emotions bottled up and just serve other people. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we have, like I said before, like we have to tap into that source that helps us get free and that helps us be vulnerable with other women. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think sometimes too, it's like you were kind of touching on earlier. If we as women or as a person are going through things or we don't even have time to deal with our stuff, mm-hmm. we feel like we can't, we don't have, if we can't even deal with our stuff, like what do we have to offer? Exactly. And yeah, that's I it. don't really have time to almost hear your stuff yeah. because <laughs> I can't deal with my stuff. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I think I'm learning too, it's just this idea of, you know, why don't we just learn to walk together? Like, why yeah. can't I be upset and be angry and be going through it mm-hmm. as you're also being upset and being angry and being going through it and we go through it together, yeah. you know? And I think that's a hard, a hard place it for, is. I know for me especially, but for people to walk through. Yeah. Um, but I think a big one is saying, I don't even have time, I don't even know how to deal with my own stuff. Yeah. And so not knowing where to go, not knowing where to go. So I'm not going to feel like I'm either going to suppress it completely Mm -hmm. or, and not talk about it or just keep going through the motions and not deal. I think a lot of people just don't deal Mm -hmm. and therefore they can't be vulnerable. Right. You know? (laughs) So yeah, yeah, I mean, that's, that's really sweet. So yeah, again, I've said this four times already, but this blog, you really, really need to go check it out and I'll put it in the, um, on our Instagram posts and in our show notes for that. Um, yeah, and so you've had a lot of guest speakers, and your series now, you said, is mm-hmm. what series are you in now? We are, uh, the series that we're doing now is called My Body Does What? And My Body Does What? Awesome. So I'm super, As super part- excited for that. Um, well, I'm going to jump topics again, um, and it's a topic I really want to talk to you about. So you are in interracial marriage. Yes. Yes, beautiful interracial marriage. And so um, I wanted to just talk about just with, you know, your. Did you ever have, like, any sort of feelings towards that? Or did you ever get, I wouldn't say pushback, but has there been pros and cons to that? And that, not necessarily from other people, but even kind of what you viewed your life would be like. I think Mm -hmm. sometimes, um, obviously, it could have been completely different than what you thought. And obviously, what you have now is better. But Mm -hmm. that doesn't mean that it wasn't. It might may have not been the ideal thing. It may have been the ideal thing, that right. kind of thing. So I just wanted you to talk about just what it's like being in that yeah. setting. Yeah. Um, I, I actually blogged about that about it a couple years ago. Okay. Sweet. And I remember uh, I remember saying in my blog that if in high school you told me that I was going to be married to a white man, I would laugh at you. <laughs> um, I, honestly, just because like I, it's just always I don't know. There's. No, like I just never thought that that would have happened. Um, but you know, that's how that's how life works yeah. sometimes. Um, it has been really, really good in the sense of both of our parents love the other 
person child. Yeah, 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 like the other family's child. Yeah. And so my parents have always, you know, I, I remember asking my parents, guys, when I started liking Chris, I was like, guys, how would you feel if I dated a white guy? Yeah. Just expecting like, mm, I don't know. Um, but my dad's like, I don't care what color he is. Does he love Jesus? Does yeah. he love the Lord? Yeah. And so I was like, okay, cool. And, you know, his family, which honestly I was very worried about, um, has always welcomed me with open arms. And so, and that alone, even though it's 2018, is not that common of a story. Yeah, and it's and that is really huge. I want you to continue. And I just want to say, even the reason I asked that, because people could probably be listening and just be like, well, it's 2018, obviously. Oh, yeah, we are not post Yeah, you know, you know, obviously, obviously those things happen. And I was, you know, I'm just thinking, yes, they happen. But a lot of people probably don't know the backstory Absolutely. of what ha- has happened in a lot of people's relationships to make that happen, mm-hmm. to make that interracial marriage. And some, yeah. it's been really, really sweet. But I know yeah. plenty of people in interracial marriages, it's mm-hmm. been really, really hard. Same. And they've literally gotten married in like... Post 2012. Yeah. So, yeah. so yeah, okay, anyways, keep going. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I definitely feel like most of the most of the pushback or um, the unnecessary comments, looks, and all that stuff has definitely come from people who are not related to us. Yeah. And who don't really know, know us. Um, but I have I used to work with uh, a, a person who when he found out that I was dating a white guy, he told me that I was um, messing up black love. Mm. And that's that. And those kind of things, like, you think, like, oh, whatever, that's silly, that's stupid. But it's so easy to internalize that thing. Yes, uh-huh. You know, and be like, well, is this okay? And then just seeing the things that happen in the news. And um, I, I remember when uh, Sandra Bland was... Uh, when Sandra Bland passed, yeah, um, it was that was really hard for me. Mm-hmm. I had a really hard time with that because that I looked at her and I was like, that that lady looks like me, mm-hmm. you know. And so, um, so I just remember like sitting on the couch and Chris came home from work and it was the hardest thing trying to explain without. Um, sounding like I was accusing him of something. (laughs) But the beauty of it is he didn't make me, like, not accuse him. You know, like, he didn't make me filter myself because I was talking to a white man. Yeah. He told me, I remember that he was telling me that night, like, I'm your your safe place. I'm the place you can come and it's okay. You know? Say what you need to say. Yeah. And... Even in inter- other interracial marriages, I don't know if everybody has that, but I know that that's like a grace that I've been given from God because I need to have that. Yeah. But I also know that the challenge of working through our beautiful nation's history, yeah. <laughs> like it still is very alive in our marriage, yeah. you know. Um, and I mean, even recently, we went to we went to Nashville. And it was, we were call ourselves having a little date night, and we went downtown. And um, I remembered uh, that I took this video, and uh, like when we were downtown, and I came back home. And I was like, "Oh man, I forgot about the video. I didn't even look at the video." And when I went back and looked at the video, uh-huh. there were two ladies in this video who I accidentally caught who were glaring at us. 
No way. And I and I I just replayed it and I replayed it and I replayed it and I was like, this can't be real. Yeah. Like look at the look look at their faces. Yeah. You know, and so it's it's been more so of people that we don't know. And I think that's kind of like a relief, mm-hmm. you know. Because you can always brush other people off yeah. that you don't know. But at the same time, the beauty of my marriage is that like we we exemplify the unity of Christ Mm -hmm. and you know, the, the fact that we can both be together and we can be a picture of reconciliation and especially seeing Elijah just not even having a care in the world. Like that's a beautiful thing. And even if nobody else views my marriage like that, it doesn't really matter because I already know that that's like, that's what God has stamped onto our family. Yeah. That, that, oh, that's, that was good. (laughs) That was so good. And I think too, um, I think one thing I was going to add is, you know, and you do a lot of, even in your life and and what you're passionate about and what you do, you're still able to do a lot of things that you really think should be um, either geared or help women of color a lot of the times and not feel, I, I don't know if the word's awkward, but like just on pins and needles mm-hmm. because you're married mm-hmm. to a white man. Yeah. You know, because like you can still fully be yourself. Yeah. You know, in your marriage. And like you said, I mean, hopefully we pray all interracial marriages are like that, but they may, yeah. you know, they, right. there might be harder things going on, mm-hmm. whether that be with family, whether that be with friends, whether that be based on where between they live. Yeah. yeah. Between mm-hmm. them. And so I just, I love, I kind of love that you said, but ultimately the picture is y'all get to, y'all get to show um, unity and reconciliation yeah. in your marriage, mm-hmm. which is awesome. Absolutely. Oh, that's beautiful. Um, so, also, we have to talk about how cute Elijah is. <laughs> Elijah is so cute. <laughs> but, um, so he is two years old. And so one thing I think you do, this is, I mean, this this is may sound funny, but I think you really do good at... Um, when it comes to even like discipline with him, mm, thank um, you. yeah, you do. But I thought, and then maybe you can talk about this a little bit. And I mean, everyone probably has their own yeah ways absolutely. and stuff. But I thought, I think one t- time I was at, I was we were at a group of people or something, and he like, I don't know if he like touched you or attacked you or something, mm-hmm. and you did this big like, ow, that hurt me. But this kind of over uh-huh. the top thing. Yeah. But I really loved that because it was kind of. You, when I saw it, you were kind of showing him that, okay, when you do this, it can really hurt somebody, even if it didn't actually hurt me. But I kind of, I was just so intrigued by the way you did that and (laughs) how, how you dis like, that's how you kind of, how you do that discipline at a young age. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, I don't know if there's anything more to add to that or, you know, your thoughts on that or why, you know, why you discipline that way. But I just was really intrigued by that. Yeah. I mean, discipline is always an interesting thing. I, I thank God for my parents constantly when I, when I do have to discipline my son because they did a good job of instilling in us that discipline is not punishment. Mm. Um, those things are not the same thing. Mm-hmm. Punishment is when you, you know, when you get a timeout or you get a whooping like we did or, you know, or you get something is like the, the, the act mm-hmm. of being punished yeah but discipline can happen when you haven't done anything wrong you know or when you've done everything right or when you have done something wrong yeah um and so like that's something that always plays in my head even with him being two because 
you know, people are always talking about the terrible twos, the terrible twos, but um, along with, you know, what my parents taught me, I feel like it's really important. I think God is showing me that it's important to understand that he's a child Mm -hmm. (laughs) and like, it's okay if he doesn't do everything right. Like the world is not going to crumble because... He didn't put his plate in the sink. I mean, he puts his plate in the sink. That's pretty impressive for an almost two-year-old. Yeah. But you know, like yeah. like those things, if he, you know, or, or if he doesn't share, or if he snatches something, it's so easy to like take that to the extreme and be like, oh, I'm going to be a terrible parent for the rest of his life and yeah. you know, I've ruined him or whatever. But really putting that pressure back on God and being like, okay, Lord, show me, you know, and how, and how to teach him, how to teach him mm-hmm. and help us communicate with each mm-hmm. other because we still can't really communicate yeah. and he'll get frustrated because we're, he's trying to tell us something and we just don't understand what he's saying and you know just like bridging all these gaps because God knows what he needs and God knows what we need to give him and yeah. what we need from him yeah you know and so like if he can be our mediator in that way which he honestly has been time and time again even though you know even in his short life like like that's that's the goal is to to be able to connect with him mm-hmm. um and to make him understand like yeah your actions have consequences mm-hmm. and oh gosh my dad always used to say every it's like every single day you know if if you do well everything will be you know but it's the it's that verse in genesis i mean he just used to say it every day and even now i think about that verse and how I'm trying to teach mm-hmm. Elijah, if you do well, you know, if you do what is good, then things will be good. Not necessarily like perfect and yeah. everything will go be well, added. but it'll, things will be well with you, Yes, you know? And so it, the more I parent, the more I understand that verse that he drilled into us every single day, you know? Yeah. I mean, I've only been around you and Elijah like a handful of times, but I think just from what I've seen and... It just speaks to you and your character and who you've been created to be. But I feel like you teach him. Like you teach him, you know, well, that this equals this. Yeah. Whether that be through like your body language you're teaching him right. or, um, and maybe more so body language because again, communication, you know, how you communicate with a yeah. two-year-old is very different. But yes. just very but being able to show with your facial expressions, like this that. equals this, like this equals, you might hurt somebody so you yeah. like, can't do that. Mm-hmm. And even just looking at his face then like him almost understanding oh yeah I, connecting the dots yeah connecting the dot like uh-huh. that hurt mommy you know <laughs> like uh, i don't need to do that you know yeah and so anyways i just that was a side thing but yeah. i have seen in you and i'm like while well, you do that well if i'm ever mom let me so, come to you girl i appreciate that um okay so last shift we were going to talk about just dreams and passions yes that you have and so uh, Kayla has done a lot of things um, that she has started. She has this blog. She has a photography business yeah. as well. And um, I feel like you just do a lot. She sings again, even though she won't sing for us. She does sing <laughs> very, very well. So hopefully a CD or EP or something will come out soon. Um, and then there's something actually that together we are thinking about. Um, and it's this conference. Yeah. Um, and it's essentially a conference for women of color. Yeah. And it's crazy, you guys, listening, because we both have this idea and vision separately. Yep. And I emailed Kayla about, hey, you know, I would just love for you to... I just posing this idea that I have. And she actually called me, and I was like, I can't talk about work. Yeah. <laughs> but I, like, I started weeping when I read your email. Like, it was... 
it was insane how emotionally crazy I felt. That, that, that is crazy. Well, so why don't you kind of talk a little bit about, um, so just some of the dreams you've had that kind of are important to you for your life that you're like, that you have really thought about pursuing mm-hmm. and especially this kind of women of conference idea and what, what yeah. kind of started that. And then I'll give a little backstory on me, but we won't tell y'all everything. Yeah, no, no, no. More is to come. Yeah. More is to come. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I've always had this, this passion just to see, I mean, I can't say always, but since I've been <laughs> a believer, you know, uh, since my life was changed, I've had this passion to see other women be reconciled to Christ, um, be freed from their junk, and honestly, to just live in vulnerability with other women. Yeah. And and so I I feel like everything that I do kind of revolves around one of those things. And I mean, it's just been it's just been really awesome to just be able to dream and kind of see things some things come to fruition so for for instance this conference um i remember just like brainstorming like dreaming huge dreams that just seemed so far off and i was writing all these dreams down and um one of them was a conference a women's conference and i had like oh we could do this and we could do this and And this was about a year before she even met me oh yeah long before she met me yeah like like ridiculous and you know, I, I, of course, you put things on the back burner because you think, oh, this is not going to happen anytime soon, right? And you emailed me that day because what was what happened before? Oh, the launch party. Yes. Yeah, so so she, this was like six months ago. Yeah. So she had had a launch party for her blog, which it was bomb. This girl can plan an event. Oh, thank <laughs> oh, you, girl. But um, but yeah. So we had the launch party. Then you emailed me. I think the day after that or something, something after that. And I mean, I like I was laying down because I was still exhausted from this launch party mm-hmm. and I was reading your message and I sat up and I was like, no way. And then I just started crying mm-hmm. because all I could think of was this is it. This is the conference. This is what God had put in your heart last year. <laughs> and so I started freaking out and then I started calling you. I think I called you like twice and <laughs> oh. then you texted me, I'm at work. I'm like, oh, okay, okay. You know, but when we met up and then I just heard your heart about it, it was just like, it, it was just like, God, just like, you know how, uh, the, what are they? The, the things on the clock that just go together perfectly. What are they? The gears. Yes. The gears on the clock were just like meshing perfectly. It was correct. It, uh, it was just really awesome. So I'm obviously very excited about this. Very, very excited about this. And just the opportunity to connect with other black women because um, I always think of like uh, like Issa Rae, mm-hmm. how she made the 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 awkward black girl yeah. cool. Yeah. You know, like and I've always felt like the awkward black girl. <laughs> so, you know, but but at the same time, they're what that shows is that there's not one way to have the black woman's experience. Yeah. Like black women are so diverse. Yeah. Even though we all fall under the, the umbrella or the title of being a black woman. And there's some experiences that we share, even our, our perspectives and how it plays out in our lives are so, so different. And so it means a lot to me to hopefully be able to bring as many women together for this conference as possible and just, you know, kind of do those things, help them live in community with each other through vulnerability and, you know, letting them 
hash out things with God that they need to and hopefully just encouraging them and their yeah. passions and their dreams yeah. and saying, look, you can do this. It's yeah. going to be hard because you're a black woman, but it's going to be worth it yeah. at the same time, you know? That's so sweet. And so a little backstory for me on this same conference is I just had this, um, I was riding home from work one day, literally, and <laughs> it just popped in my head. Like, I think it was passion conference or woman of, it was passion conference at first. But then um, when I sat down and thought about it more, um, kind of a little backstory again of me is I've always kind of been in this um, this identity confusion mm-hmm. life yeah. <laughs> for a long time in my life of just trying to understand who I am, understanding kind of where I fit in. Yeah, I've talked about this on the podcast before because my parents are Ugandan culturally, so I grew up in a very Ugandan household, but I was born in the U.S., so... I've grown up also in a very, um, I'm African-American by birth because I was born in the U.S. And so I, I relate a lot to that culture. But then in certain areas, I grew up in a lot of white spaces. And so there's just so many different cultural identities. And it was just hard, I think, growing up yeah. not understanding who I was. Mm-hmm. And then knowing that I was a black woman on top of that. And there were so many stigmas that went with that. And then, but I think the biggest thing about me desiring this conference was just not seeing as many people that looked like me doing all the things that I thought were cool and desiring. So, you know, being big podcast hosts or um, big bloggers or just all kinds of things. And so it was just something in my mind. And I was like, maybe but I could start small and do this conference for women of color who have grown up or felt this way mm-hmm. in their life and kind of bring us together where we yeah. can talk about these things and deal with these things Absolutely. and deal with. And so Kayla, I had really just met her at the, I mean, kind of really just started meeting at the time. I yeah. went to her launch party, the, I think the day before, the week before. And I was like, Hey Kayla, you want to come? And then <laughs> I lost it when I found out she was literally thinking the same thing. Yeah. It was crazy. It was. I was just, there's no way. There's no way. So there's definitely more details to come to that people. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, we are, we are trying and wanting to put on a conference. Um, um, honestly, mainly run by women of color, um, where they are kind of the avenues doing all the different things. Mm -hmm. And, um, majority of and it's going to be kind of geared towards that demographic yeah other women can come but it will definitely be geared towards that um even if you're not um of color i guess is mm-hmm. how you say <laughs> but yes okay so i i love that about you and i'm so excited to do that with you Same. it's gonna be so great um this has been awesome kayla yeah this has been so great and so i'm actually going to ask you the two questions i ask every guest at the end of each episode okay you ready yeah First question, if you could have a lunch or dinner with anybody, who would it be and why? Um, I would go to dinner with Stevie Wonder. Stevie! With Stevie. I used to tell people that Stevie Wonder was my uncle. <laughs> Wait, because, I mean, like, in, like, even in the second grade. Because, first of all, I grew up, grew up listening to Stevie Wonder, mm-hmm. thanks to my parents. Yeah. And... I just connected so much with his music, yeah. even at that young of an age. I mean, I was always a music lover, but to connect with something that someone has created that much, I was like, there's no way we're not related. 
How would I? How would I have these emotional responses to these songs if we're not related? He's my uncle, and so I just come to this conclusion as a child. And so I mean, I slowly got broken out of it, but I think he is just a. I think he's so vulnerable in his music. Mm. I think he's so honest and genuine, and um, the way he puts things together is just like creative genius. Yes, like. Uh, I just, I, he's easily one of my favorite artists of all time. Um, I just think he's amazing. And I would love to just hear, just sit, not, not even say nothing, just let him talk the whole time. And yeah. Just sit there wide-eyed like a little doe, <laughs> you know? I, I would love that. That would be amazing. Stevie, that that would be incredible. So Stevie Wonder, if you're listening to this. If you're listening to this. Please. Oh, and then you can serenade us. I mean, she's married, but I'm not married yet. So if I ever get married, you could also come sing at my wedding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> With Kayla. <laughs> With Kayla. Oh, do what? Oh, man, no. Oh. I, would, I would pass out <laughs> if I got to sing with Stevie Wonder. Oh, oh gosh. gosh. That's awesome. Okay. Yeah. So my last question is, I love encouragement. I love encouraging people I think it's so important I think people need it yeah and so um, I always ask my guests if you could encourage anyone who would it be and then I want you to encourage them as if they're sitting in front of you right now so just talk to them cool so um I want to encourage my mom um, okay mom I hope you listen to this hi mom she'll listen to this. <laughs> I know she will hi mom um you have so many talents and dreams and passions and really so many things that you're good at um that I feel like God just wants to explode um and so I I hope that like when you are able to do things like she's a designer she likes to design yeah when you do things like designing and cooking for people serving other people and um even just doing your regular nine to five that like you really understand that God has put you exactly where he's put you purposefully and um, that he still has so, so much for you. And you've, you know, you've lived and experienced a lot of things already, but, you know, I, I feel like, you know, you still haven't even glimpsed the thing that God wants to do in you specifically. And um, I think he's just going to blow your mind in the next couple of years um, not necessarily with the things that are going on around you, but specifically the things that he's doing in your own heart um, and the ways that he's kind of drawing you to him, making you, making you trust him more and walk with him that much more closely. And um, I know you like pretty much have the whole Bible memorized and <laughs> I feel like she's always pulling out yeah. random stories and scriptures like what, where is that in the Bible? But she knows the, she knows the word and um, and mom, I think God is really just honoring, wants to honor that, that knowledge and, um, just bring a whole lot more encouragement to your daily life and a lot more grace. And, um, just thanks for being such an awesome person and raising me. Yeah. Thanks mom. You raised a great daughter because oh. I love her. <laughs> um, okay y'all, this is the end of the episode, but you can find a lot of, uh, Kayla's different things on Instagram. So um, her blog Instagram is N- at Naked Mom's blog. At Naked Mom's blog. And again, I'll put that in the show notes. And then also, her, if you're in the Houston area, her photography page is at 
Dancing Bee Photography. Dancing Bee Photography. And of course, there's so many things we could talk about. We didn't really get to talk about that much, but she does have, she does do photography on the side. Yeah. And it's awesome. Um, so you should follow her on all those avenues. Follow her on Instagram. You'll be so encouraged. Yeah. Um, and I really don't think she minds if you reach out on Instagram, especially um, about blog stuff and that yeah. kind of thing. Kayla, you're awesome. Thanks You're great. for having me. And this has been fun. Say bye to the guests. Bye, guys.